Elisha answered, As the Lord lives as you live, I won't leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men from a group of the prophets came. They stood far from where Elijah said to Elisha, We're by the Jordan. Elijah took off his coat, then he rolled it up, hit the water. The water divided to the right and to the left. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Cross over on dry ground. After they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, What can I do for you before I am taken from you? Elisha said, Leave me. I double share of your spirit, Elijah said. You have asked a hard thing, but if you see me what I have taken from you, it will be yours. If you don't, it won't happen. Elijah and Elisha were still walking and talking. Then a chariot and horses of fire appeared. The chariot and horses of fire separated Elijah from Elisha. Then Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it was shouted, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Elijah did not see him anymore. Elijah grabbed his own clothes and tore them. So how sad he was. The Lord of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <coughs> Psalm 50, 1 through 4. The God, the God of gods, the Lord speaks. He calls the earth from the rising to the setting sun. God shines from Jerusalem, whose beauty is perfect. Our God comes and he will not be silent. A fire burns in front of him. A storm surrounds him. He, he calls, calls to the sky and to the earth to see and people. I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John went, went up on a high mountain. They were all alone there. While these followers watched Jesus was changed. His clothes became shiny white with whiter than any person could make them. Then two men appeared talking with Jesus. The men were Moses and Elijah. Peter said to Jesus, Teacher, it is good that we are here. We will put three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter did not know what to say, because, the, because he and the others were so frightened. That, then a cloud came and covered them. A voice, a voice came from the cloud. The voice said, This is my son, and I love him. Obey him. Then Peter and... Peter, James, and John looked around, but they saw only Jesus there, there alone with them. As Jesus and his followers, followers were walking back down the mountain, he commanded them, Don't tell anyone about the things you 
saw on the mountain. Wait for the son of the son of the man rises from from death. Then you may tell. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I invite our young and young at heart to come forward for the children's message. Yeah. And so that's what 
kind of happened in our story. And then remember when the um, three men they turned into um, butterflies. They do. They turn into butterflies, don't they? to come close to them. Yeah. So, so that was that big word that we learned about and the story. And you know what? When you have Jesus in your heart, he can transform your heart to make you do incredible things. And I saw a couple of those things happen this morning. Like when um, Olivia came up and she didn't have an instrument to play. But Emily was so kind, and she gave Olivia her instrument so she could have it to play. So that was an example of Jesus being in your heart because you were kind to her. And also, when she first came up, she was kind of shy and didn't know what to do, and so Brady took her hand and included her. So Jesus was in Brady's heart, too, because he thought, how can I help Olivia? How can I be kind to Olivia? And so that was a way that Jesus was in the heart. Yeah, that was nice, wasn't it? So, and yep, and Ellie was, she was excited to be up there because she didn't get to be here with us yesterday. Well, in this bag are some bracelets. And I mean, that you can each pick one. And it says, I have Jesus in my heart. Well, I only have one of these, and so I I don't have enough to share, but I'm going to share these. With you. Really, 20 million books. Okay, not, not that much. Okay, let's say a prayer before I give you your bracelets, okay? You ready? Okay, so you're going to repeat after me. Dear God. Dear God. Please help us. Please help us. Have Jesus in our heart. Have Jesus in our heart. So we are kind. So we are kind. So we are helpful. So we are helpful. And so we are loving. And so we are loving. Thank you for being in our heart. Thank you for being in our heart. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you can each take sometimes, maybe maybe more than sometimes, church stuff is confusing and weird, as some of our kids said today. We have all of this sort of insider language. You think about it, communion, baptism, sacrament, advent, lent, transfiguration. And that's just some of the stuff from our worship. And even though I spent almost a decade outside of church, and for a long time a lot of these words were foreign to me, I use that language now without even really thinking about it. When someone I meet out in the world compliments me on my hair color and asks me, oh, you know, I just love that. How do you know what color to do next? I have to actively think about it and realize this person probably doesn't know what liturgical is. <laughs> I am also aware that unless you have talked with me or someone else about my hair, you might not know what the liturgical calendar is. It's okay. Before I went to seminary, I would have had no idea myself Basically, it's the calendar of seasons and their colors for the church season, which changes this week, by the way. Today is the last Sunday before the season of Lent, another church word, which we begin with Ash Wednesday. Lent is the 40 days, not including Sundays, that leads us to Easter. And so today, being the last Sunday before the season, 
we mark this with Transfiguration Sunday. We read through the story of Jesus being transfigured on the mountaintop, of ancient prophets showing up for the party, of God's words of love and power once again surrounding Jesus. And we call it Transfiguration because transformation was just too simple. I asked the kids who came to Small Seeds Saturday yesterday why they thought the church sometimes used these big and unusual words for things. And the initial thought was that maybe the reason for all these big and unusual words was just purposely to confuse people. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh, but honestly, I hope that's not it. I hope that the confusion or mystery around church stuff is an unintended consequence. And so after we recognize the reality that sometimes this faith stuff is confusing and big and kind of weird, some other possibilities started coming up. One of our kids said maybe the reason we have words like transfiguration are because our tradition comes from a tradition that's really, really old, that's 2,000 years old. And although we have grown and changed as church over the generations, there is still something big and unusual about faith. And words help us get at that. One of our kids thought that maybe it was to show importance, that these things are important and different, and so they have special names. And there is something different, something big, something unusual, something old about our reading from Mark, about the transfiguration. Because yes, the disciples have seen Jesus heal, they've seen food feed thousands, They've seen the impossible happen, but somehow they hadn't really understood, they hadn't really seen the really, really, really impossible yet. And this scene, this transfiguration, was something totally beyond what they could have ever expected or imagined. This wasn't just someone who had recently died being brought to life again, because for some reason that wasn't that big of a deal for them. It was this Jesus, this guy they knew, this guy they followed, who was suddenly changed. And scripture can't even describe it, not really. The gospel writer Mark tries to point us to what the disciples are seeing. Jesus was changed in front of them. His clothes became shining white, whiter than any person could make them. Other translations say dazzling, bright, shining. There's something divine about this change, something godlike happening. And then, to add on to the strange and supernatural experience of just seeing their teacher changed, Moses and Elijah show up. Hebrew rock stars of Bible past. Moses, who led God's people out of Egypt thousands of years prior. Elijah, who disappeared from earth hundreds of years prior in his own confusing and unusual fashion that Tristan and Xander read for us today. And so the disciples are just standing there, talking, watching him talk with these People watching shining Jesus talk with Moses and Elijah like it's just any other day on top of the mountain. And Peter, because for some reason it's always Peter, is so excited. He can't believe what he's seeing. And I don't know if he actually interrupts the conversation, but I have, I have a, a, an inkling of the kind of ways in which our young ones get so excited that they can't help but interject. I imagine Peter running up and saying, Jesus! It is good for us to be here. This is fantastic. Let me build you three tents. You guys can just stay right here. Peter doesn't want anything to change from this moment. 
This is everything he's ever wanted or waited for. One of those moments that you never want to end. But before anyone can even respond to him, even Peter is speechless. He and the other disciples were frightened. Because although this was everything they had ever waited for, the Messiah, Moses, Elijah, God really doing something right in front of their eyes, to actually see it was terrifying. And then, if they already weren't frightened, a cloud came and covered them, and the cloud had a voice in it. This is my son, and I love him. Obey him. If your teacher started shining and was filled with light, suddenly godlike, surrounded by some famous dudes who had died a long time ago, but who were somehow just fine talking with him, if you weren't already a little freaked out by this, have a cloud show up and start talking, and then realize that the voice in the cloud is God's voice, because this guy that you've been following is God's actual son. And hey, you should obey him. Well, no kidding. <laughs> Today's worship, this reading, has a big and unusual name to match a big and unusual story, Transfiguration. Everything the disciples ever wanted for their faith and for their people stood on that mountain. They witnessed their teacher changed, able to see for the first time who Jesus really was. And maybe for a moment as they walked down that mountain in silence, still shaken and frightened by the magnitude of it all, maybe for a moment they knew what a big deal this was. Because this same man, this teacher who healed and cared for those around him, was more than he appeared. And this Jesus, this Son of God, was going to give up all this godlike, shining glory for the disciples, for us, and for the entire world. This is my Son. I love him. And Jesus takes this love and brings it to the cross. Jesus gives up this shining, bright light in order to save us from darkness, to save us from sin and death, to save us from the fear we feel when we encounter moments of God in our lives, to save us from the fear we feel when we don't encounter those moments. Jesus rises from the dead so that we can receive this big, unusual, important, ancient love and mercy and forgiveness that God gives us, so that God can say to each and every one of us, you are my child, I love you, so that we can be transformed changed, transfigured into people of God, sharing this love and mercy with those we meet. Jesus saves us, and we can go out and share the story of Son of Man, Son of God, who gives up this shining bright glory and rises from death in order to bring us new life. Thanks be to God.